Hi everyone, welcome to episode 12 of Blurt Thoughts with myself, Azri, and Stephanie. Hi Stephanie, how are you today? Hello, I'm not too bad this week. I mm-hmm. think better than the last two weeks, I think. How are you? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm great. Although I have to say, Stephanie and I got into a little thing yesterday because I was encouraging her to just do some exercise because she was feeling yeah. a little bit deflated and, and so was I, to be honest. But I was thinking, you know, I'm going I'm to do something. But she was like, eh, nah, I'm going to be lazy. But today she decided to, you know, <laughs> jump rope and suddenly she feels awesome. And I'm like, yep, told you so. <laughs> because I thought I, 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 because I think I might have corona, I just needed to test my lung capacity. That's why jump roped anyway yeah, but still i think i mean i i think one thing that's really wonderful about exercise is it doesn't sound like it but honestly when you move and stuff it really helps i don't know just to uplift your spirits in some way for some reason i don't know why being stinky and sweaty helps with that but anyway let's move mm-hmm. on into a more important thing uh so stephanie what are we discussing today for our seven stages of grief so we are talking about stage number five, which is depression. And we thought we would talk about the fact that we are always constantly exposed to a lot of negative things in the world, especially in the media. There are so many problems in the world and it can get a bit overwhelming and can make us really depressed. I know Azri for one gets really depressed when he reads news mm-hmm. very easily. So we thought we would talk about that today. Yes, definitely decided to throw me under the bus at the start. But um, yes, I mean, I mean, I, it's true. I admit it. I'm very honest about it. I don't read. I, I try to avoid the news because it affects me a lot, and not so much about the news itself. But it's more like I think I get very. Uh, I'm not even sure what's the word. I get really. Oh God. Invested. I guess maybe emotionally, invested, but I'm very emotional in the sense that I always feel like, oh my god, could I be doing something about this? Could I be doing something about this? And I don't know how to explain that, but I would just be thinking, oh, I should get involved in this and this and this. And then pretty much I'm reading about all the different issues and I burn out and I just want to sleep for the next seven days and never come out from my room. So that's my thing. But I also know that it's also important to sort of be aware of the things going on. You don't have to know so much. Mm-hmm. But at least know roughly what's going on in the world. However, I'm also aware that the news is the news because of sensationalism, right? That's the only way they make money. That's how they get people to view, to read, to subscribe to their channels. Because fear is a really good tactic to get people on board with whatever stories the news peddles. So yeah, it's a really, kind of a scary thing for me. Yeah, I think. And I think that's what we want to talk about today because everything we see in the media although i must say there are some channels news channels that are trying to change a little bit where they share kind of positive stories every week because especially given the current climate everything we listen is pretty much sad and there's so many different issues around the world racism pandemic human rights environment degradation the world might end in whatever um all the different wars the refugee crisis there's just like endless number of issues going around in the world. And I think there's this phrase that I came across sometime last year when I was working on pollution called apocalypse fatigue, where there are just so many different problems in the world where everyone just becomes apathetic to it. Nobody really cares because everyone thinks it's it's out of their control. They can't really do anything about it. And it kind of like within depression itself, it gets to a point where you're just numb 
to everything that's happening around you and you you become you get to a point where you don't really care and at that's at the same time you kind of question as as you were saying like can i do something am i doing enough and it's kind of a sad place to be in being a human in this world because you're like a bit helpless powerless to actually do something different so we thought we'll talk about that today you know stephanie when you were listing out all those problems i <laughs> Ah, my heart just mm-hmm. ached for a moment there because honestly, I sort of forgot about all the other things until you brought it up. Because <laughs> right now, I've been thinking a lot about um, okay, obviously the pandemic is one, and also because you know of racism, there's a lot of um, sort of a bit of I would say anarchy going on in different areas of the world, and uh, specifically from a Singapore context, there's also uh, sort of this election feverish sort of anger fueled. Uh, that's going around. So I was just focused on that and then you brought up things like the environment and rights and this and that and I'm like, holy crap. And then I'm thinking, suddenly because you brought up all those things, my brain started throwing more things at me like poverty, economic downfall, crisis. Exactly. And so it's like, yeah, I didn't realize like there's so many things and the media does a very good job of this, right? It's like, it, sens- it sensationalizes it to such a degree and we know this because at the start of the coronavirus pandemic, okay, granted, it is a very bad situation. It is a pandemic. But at the start, they had these doomsday models where they basically said that the world, like, I, I don't know, I think the projection was like, what, 10, 20% of people would be affected and they might die and st- stuff like that, just scaring people left and right. And I think the fear, although it's effective in the sense that it gets people talking, it gets people, you know, subscribed and, and aware and sort of doing all that stuff. Fear, if you have too much of it, is also a very crippling thing because it sort of paralyzes people from doing from putting in any effort, right? Because I think if you just look at coronavirus, because that's something that connects all of us, the whole world is affected by this. If you look at the doomsday models, you'll be like, oh God, what can I do? Like, honestly, what can a person like me do? And I think that's what's going on right now in the world because you have people uh, in places like Florida and the United States, you have people in Germany, uh, you have people in other areas of Europe, they're protesting the need to use a mask because they feel like, you know, and, and I understand where that comes from because if you've been seeing these doomsday models, you just be like, oh, come on. If, if, if most of us are, are going to be wiped out, why, why wear a mask? Why bother? You know, so I think that's the, the thing that it creates within people's mentalities. Now, as a disclaimer, and I'm very careful, I'm not saying that you're not supposed to wear your mask. Please be responsible socially and socially distance yourself. But I can see why fear can be a very negative uh, effect on people as well. One, it's crippling. The other bit is they look at the doomsday model and they're like, as an individual, what can I do? And the simplest thing you can do is actually fucking wear a mask <laughs> and protect yourself from every other, everyone else. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, mm-hmm. and I, I've like heard conversations like with my friends, with my colleagues, where people are like, we've been stuck at home for like three months without seeing people we love, without being able to go back home, especially like in London where everyone's kind of from everywhere else. And people are like, with the lockdown lifted, this is the best time for me to go back home. It's the best time for me to go meet friends, families before the second spike comes down. But then at the same time, like Mm. it's because they are leaving and it's because you're going to see family that you're going to get the second spike. And I think it's just a quite interesting contradiction 
irony, whatever the word is, where you're questioning what you can do or you feel helpless and powerless to eliminate the coronavirus, but the solution is right in front of you. But then it's also like your own benefit or it's almost like a YOLO thing. Like you only live once, you might as well just go Mm. see your parents and your family and your friends and go to parties and have a rave or whatever. Yeah. And I think it, I think it comes to a point where you've been so down for so long, you just become apathetic because the lockdown, everyone was just stuck at home. You're, I guess, mental health wise, you're just like, I'm not doing anything apart from staying at home and working. And the minute lockdowns lifted, although there's a rational side that tells you like, it makes more sense for you to stay at home, wear a mask when, when you need to go out don't go out unnecessarily. But at the same time, your emotional side is like, I just want to feel human connection again. Mm. And I guess that's also sort of depressing because you're like, which one do I choose? Yes. I wanted to add into that because, um, so uh, basically uh, you were talking about how, you know, people actually wanted to go out and see friends and family and then, you know, that, but then they're worried because, you know, then there'll be a second spike. Now, this was exactly the situation that happened during the Spanish flu. Now, during the Spanish flu, actually when, you know, cases first started spiking up, there was this so-called nationwide quarantine. I don't know whether they call it a quarantine back then, but it was where everyone was not allowed to go out except for essential services and stuff like that. And then I think, you know, the cases started, you know, to peter out. Everything was okay in control. And then everyone, because, you know, the lockdown was lifted, everyone just started going out and about, just celebrating and everything. And then the second spike, the second spike was a deadly spike that killed the, the, those massive numbers that were recorded. It wasn't the first spike that killed people. Mm-hmm. It was the second spike. And I think that's what's happening now. And I think that's why it's so dangerous. And personally, for me, I've been very careful about, you know, making sure that I go out only when necessary. I try to rearrange as much ex- activities as possible to be at home because, you know, people call me crazy. People say that, you know, I'm like so-called reading too much into it. But I have learned science. I have learned history. I'm not going to take this lightly because... And this is where I'm sort of going into my point that sometimes solutions doesn't have to be something very major. And with this apocalypse fatigue, I think what's going on is a lot of people feel that to address a lot of the problems that's going on in the world, you have to have this magical, you know, very big, magical, wonderful, fantastic solution that solves all of the world pro- world's problems. A but, vaccine. A vaccine. <laughs> but sometimes, on an individual level, you don't realise how much power you have by simple solutions. So, in the case of coronavirus, as Stephanie said, like the best thing you can do is to wear a mask, socially distance yourself, and make sure you limit social interactions as much as possible. In a grand scheme of things, in a grand scheme, right, if you just look at the grand scheme, the big picture, it doesn't seem like much because, hello, you're just wearing a mask you're just you know limiting stuff but if if you did that and people look to your example and started doing that for themselves that is a huge domino effect that's a huge thing that cascades down and creates this amazing change you don't have to think about every problem in terms of a macro scale and do you think stephanie do you think that's why people feel this apocalypse fatigue that they think of everything in such a sort of they have to find this grand sort of solution I think yes and no. And I also think there's a emotional side to things because like I've met, like, as you said, like I've tried to stay at home as much as possible. I'm an introvert, so that's quite easy. But at the same time, like I have met some of my friends in the past couple of weeks since lockdown has been lifted. I think everyone rationally knows that they should wear a mask 
and they should socially distance because it's just been drummed into every single public health announcement. But at the same time, it's kind of like, then there's this risk perception thing. Like I'm going to meet my friend after three months. It's okay if I hug her. I am like, that's not going to help get Corona. And like, I think that's like small risks you take. Like right. um, I've never met beyond these two people. It's okay if I meet the extra six p- people. So, and I think everyone has like different risk perceptions. And it's also an emotional thing where like I'm meeting my friends after three months, like I want to hug them. Like, so I think that's where people get conflicted. And I think it comes to probably our next point where people kind of are emotionally invested in certain cause- causes that's very close to them. Like, I think, if you were personally hit by coronavirus, someone was close to you who passed away or like went through all the very serious mm. symptoms, y- your risk perception is so high. Every single thing you do is like revolved around that. But if you're someone who's just been in lockdown all day, haven't really physically experienced any of the repercussions of COVID, right. your risk perception is really low. So you're like, I'm meeting friends my age. Um, they're all quite healthy. Like we've all been locked down in lockdown. We've not actually done anything much so we should all be fine and it's fine if I I don't know hang out or whatever and like then there are people who kind of like this is my only chance for me to travel now that the planes being like restarting again Mm. like people are like it's my only chance to travel before we go into lockdown again because of the second spike so you see people booking flights and making summer holidays taking the opportunity to maximize life and so and they're like I am protecting myself because I'm going to wear a mask and sanitize my hands and and stuff like that. So to them, they're not taking a higher risk. They are maximizing the opportunity while protecting themselves with wearing mm-hmm. a mask and blah blah blah. So I think it comes with in your environment in your context what's really big to you. And I think it's the same thing, right? Like with the racism thing, the minority population are talking are more vocal about racism on social media because this has blown up into such a proportion where people need to be outspoken and need to be vocal. But then you also see kind of the majority population in whatever context, whether it's Singapore, whether it's the US, they're not as close to that problem because they've never personally experienced it. There are some who empathize or like recognize as an issue there, Mm. but they, so I think it's, it all comes down to kind of your risk perception or like Mm. what matters most to you. So as a minority, we've experienced racism. So we are more vocal about it and more passionate about it and will fight for it. Whereas someone from a majority race have not experienced it. So they may not be fighting for that same cause as passionately. And like similarly with like the environment, some people are so passionate about the environment. Other people realize there are problems within the environment, but may not be doing as much. And I think there's this like, not vicious cycle, but almost pointing finger type thing where those people are fighting for racism are like pointing at people who are not doing as much. Those people are fighting for environment is pointing fingers at people who are like not doing as much. And it's like, what do like, what problem do I deal with? Um, And I think that's kind of within your context, people fight for what matters most to them. Mm. And then it gets to a point where there's so much finger pointing, you just give up. Yes. Um, first of all, I would like to say I had no idea that you could book for summer holidays now because I thought that flights were still grounded. But um, No. Oh, okay. Well, shows you how much I'm aware. Shows you how much news I read. Um, but but uh, one, thing, one thing that I wanted to add on, right? You were saying about how people who are, you know, so-called environmental activists are pointing to those who are not really 
you know, helping the environment, vice versa. But I think sometimes it's not just about environment people pointing at those who are not championing environment, right? Sometimes it's like environmental activists pointing fingers at like uh, food activists. And then food activists are pointing fingers at like, I don't know, mm. race, racism activists. You, you know what I mean? Like, like people just want everyone to be on the same bandwagon, not realizing like, mm. you know, everyone has a right to be on whatever bandwagons they are and that every person can be on multiple bandwagons, right? Just because you are passionate about racism doesn't mean that you are ignorant about the environment mm. and vice versa, yeah. Yeah, right? Just because someone is passionate about environment doesn't mean that they don't care about gender equality. I think sometimes that's, that's what shocks me a lot because I think um, despite technology, despite the world being more affluent and more educated in general, there's been this increase in polarization where people are just so angry at difference, differences in opinions. Like we cannot see value in that that we immediately jump to the negative connotation or something. And I think we have another topic on this that we'll probably discuss, but I think Stephanie and I have always been very... I mean, we, we agree on certain things, but there are certain nuances that we we so-called clash. No, I wouldn't say clash, but we disagree on certain nuances. But I think that's a this is something that I think would be very interesting to talk about later on. But I do have to say, you know, I do feel a bit hypocritical discussing this because I think that sometimes it's very easy for me to think of small solutions to problems, but there are times with certain things that I want big solutions. For example, like this podcast, I don't think of it as just like, I mean, it, it is a very small, humble podcast, but I don't think of it as like a small, humble thing. Like I want it to be big and awesome and, you know, out there. Or when I'm teaching students, I want to like change education for like the whole world sort of thing. So why do you think that that is so? Do you think that some things are more important? That's why we want a bigger effect? Or is it because of social media that we want a bigger so-called prominence in terms of our impact in society? Do you think that that factors into our drive to create change? Am I making sense? I hope I'm making sense. Yeah, it, it's probably both, maybe more of the, the first because we all grow up in kind of different situations. Like the things that influence us as we grow up and as adults are very different. And so when you grow up, there are certain things that you're more passionate about because it's your experiences kind of influence who you become and what you care about and what you don't care about. So for you, what you care about is the education system, for example, and kind of this podcast in terms of making our opinions heard as I don't know, minority races in Singapore, our opinion heard as people with slightly different points of view, but actually being not fighting over it, but just kind of being open to listen to each other's point of view um, and kind of putting that understanding in the world. Mm. So I don't think it's about being seen. I think it's about maybe there is a degree of being seen, but I think it's about the fact that we are passionate. Like you've always wanted to do a talk show. So like, yeah, that's why you want this to be a big thing, right? So it's kind of, your experiences influences influence your experiences influence um what you want to see in the world and the change you want to see in the world and i think that's why different people fight for different things because their experiences shape how they feel about stuff and what they think a lot of the times we end up in this cycle of you should be doing this you shouldn't be doing this blah 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 without recognizing that 
I think everyone is trying to do something. What we were talking about, I think I asked Azri just before this call, is like, what about people who just don't care? Because it's just kind of Ah. like, they just gave up on everything, like, or like, it's just kind of too much. They just switch off. Azri, do you want to tell us your answer, your opinion? Well, hmm, interesting, because I was just thinking, I've been asking Stephanie a lot of questions. Is she going to ask me a question? And lo and behold, she hurls the biggest question at my face. Okay, now, um, this is just my personal opinion. Um, and it's not, I, I don't think it's something that a lot of people would want to hear. But I think if you are burnt out, I would honestly say that it's perfectly fine for you to just take a step back, chill with your favorite drink and ice cream. Or whatever you enjoy at home. You know, I, I think it's fine that you decide, you know, you're, n- you're just not going to get involved. Because when you're angry, tired and ornery and, you know, just depressed with what all the conditions in the world, I don't think you're in a very, you're, I don't think you're in the best shape to deliver the best of yourself to the world, if that makes sense. Now, I know that's a bit hypocritical mm-hmm. because just a few episodes ago, we were talking about how, oh, wow, we were so tired, but we think we delivered a really good episode for Blurred Thoughts. Yes, okay, sometimes, you know, you can sort of pull out a uh, you know, 50-yard dash and, like, you know, it's really wonderful. But in the long run, especially if you're talking about environmental change or you're talking about climate change or energy or you're talking about food for poverty, uh, you're talking about um, economic uh, stimulation, if you're talking about all these major topics, I don't think you can do it or go at it effectively if you're tired and angry all the time so just take a step back but it doesn't mean that when you take a step back that you have every right to be angry and take out your frustrations at other people because i don't i don't personally agree with that i think that when you step back you really like take time to self-reflect look at yourself Mm -hmm. and look at your emotions and ask yourself how can you turn this around and i think that's the hardest thing right because a lot of people say that oh i'm angry because of all these things that's happening around me so if all these things are okay then i'll feel happy but I think we we are starting to realize now, whether it's Stephanie and myself or just, you know, individuals at large or even psychologists, we're realizing that happiness starts from within and you really have to find ways because everyone is different. And once you find ways to feel better, you don't have to be happy immediately because you can't go from zero to hundred in like a day or two. But if you decide that you can, you want to feel better and you feel better, that's when I think you can sort of start to recalibrate and shift yourself towards making more change. If that, But that's just my personal opinion. Stephanie, for you, what about you? What do you think would be? I think before I answer that, so these are the people who care or like they, they care too much that they mm. give up and become depressed about it's just too much too much like overwhelming for us and that's kind of the premise of this week's episode in terms of depression but what about the people who are as you said earlier just blatantly ignorant because hmm. <laughs> <sighs> i think because you're not you're not giving me a good ch- you're not giving me any chances today are you <laughs> no because i think that the issue is i think part of the anger also comes or anger slash depression that Mm. people who are fighting for these things comes from the fact that some people are just blatantly ignorant. It's not about, it may not necessarily be them not doing anything. It's just that they are just unaware of issues like racism in Singapore. Like Mm. there are so many people who are just blind to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a very good point considering Singapore just had our elections and there was a lot of anger directed at those. I I mean, people were saying that, you know, there's a big part of you who are blatantly ignorant. 
Okay, what do I say to that? Oh god, this is a very, very difficult question. For me... Here, see, that's the thing. For me, I've always felt that you really cannot control people beyond a conversation. You can talk to someone, you can have a conversation with someone, but even, even in talking to someone, if they're not willing to be open and listen to you, it's really just running your head against a brick wall because it doesn't work. So I feel that if they're blatantly ignorant, then just return the favour and ignore them back because they're not going to do anything for you. And the more you lean into them and the more you try to talk sense into them, the more they push themselves away. And the best example I can give this is to all the parents. Every time you have a teenage child, try talking, try talking to them about something. The more you push your agenda, the more, the more they push against you. And that's the same thing. For some reason, we've forgotten that in real world, but we know that when we talk to teenagers, I don't know what's going on with the world, seriously. So I think that if they are really blatantly ignorant, fine, by all means, you know, that's, that's your life. You have every right to that. But I think talk to those who are angry and depressed to engage with those with the same causes. Does that make sense? So if you feel overwhelmed and depressed about, let's say, environment, find books about environment, find talks, you know, attend a tech. TED speech, for example, find little ways that you can still get involved that so-called energizes your spirit, but don't engage with people who are unmotivated. Because I think that's, that's what's going on, right? Like, for example, if you're at work, if you have a colleague who just doesn't do their job properly, Stephanie, this is aimed at you. <laughs> if you have a colleague who's just not pulling their weight, you're going to get pissed off and frustrated. But you can say all you want, but okay, it might change today, but tomorrow they're going to be right back at it. So I think that's why I think the, the direction of energy has to be very focused. You have to really find the right people to talk to about such things. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion and I hope it makes sense. Yeah, I think I might have sent this quote to you, Asri, but like it was a thing about you can't force people to... It was something about comprehension. Like I can't actually remember the exact quote now, but it was something about you can try and explain something, but whether they understand it or not, it's not on on you. It's not it's not that you've done a bad job. Because I think with the whole racism thing and environment thing, I think a lot of people try and push, not push the agendas, but try and explain to people why some of the actions might be wrong mm -hmm. or why they could be doing better. But if they are not open to listen to you, listening to you, then you can't do anything to change them. It's not on you to change everyone in the world. You can mm. try and explain. And I think a lot of the times that's what happens when you're really passionate about something and you try talking or explaining something to that person and that person is just like a brick wall, as Azri said. It's not, I think that's when people get sad or depressed because it's like, I've not helped to change anything. But actually you have, because although the person is not doing anything or is becoming defensive, you try to explain your point of view. You've imparted some sort of a knowledge to them. They're at least aware of it, whether they do something about it or not, it's not on you. Yeah. So I think don't be disheartened when someone doesn't listen to you or like mm. are being defensive because that's not on you because you've tried to do something. Um, it's on them. And I think, as Azri said, like try and find people who are who have the same and um, not ambition is not a problem, have the interest. same kind of passion or same yeah. interest. Yeah. And talk to them. Um, mm. because then that makes you feel better. And if it becomes so overwhelming, as Azri said, take a step back. Like you don't have to solve the world's problems. Like little things you do every other day is fine enough. 
a lot of people, especially the younger generation, are very passionate because you have social media. There's a way for you to express yourself. And when people get negative remarks or like people just don't understand why you're saying, why you have a certain point of view, even after you try explaining to them. And even if like coming back to our first episode this season on parents, like you can try talking to your parents as much as you want, explaining why you, your choices are that way. But because they've been in a different situation, they're not going to listen to you. And it's not on you to kind of force your experiences um, mm. or get them to understand. It's on them. So I would say, as Azri said, kind of take a step back if it's overwhelming. You've done your job if you've tried to explain or educate someone or raise awareness about some issue if they're blatantly ignorant about something, but it's on them to be blatantly ignorant. There are always going to be a bunch of people who don't care. Like we can't change everyone. And it's not on you as a human being, as an individual to change everyone. Uh, one more thing is, you know, you said about how young people are very passionate. Okay, this is just a plea from me to anyone who's listening. I think please get involved in whatever ways you're interested in, but also make sure that it's also sustained. That Okay, it's fine if you do something for a certain period of time and then you realize it's not for you and you want to... Ch- try something else but don't just jump and switch switch avenues just because you know that's a hip thing to do or that's what everyone is doing that's what your friends are doing because you know it doesn't really move the needle on anything really when you do that but um we've discussed quite a lot about you know um all the bad stuff right we talked about news apocalypse fatigue and how sometimes people are burned out from you know doing things or dealing with blatantly ignorant people so let's sort of move into a personal level i was thinking stephanie what do you think Besides racism, because we already talk, we've already had one episode on that, and I think that people can go back to the to the episode to listen to that particular discussion. But besides uh, racism, or maybe even gender, okay, maybe I guess gender as well. But besides that, what are some world problems that you personally care about, or you c- maybe not so much care about in the sense that you're involved in it? I mean, if you are, that's great. But are there things that you wished that you could get involved in or something that you've thought about but haven't really found the time to because of your other endeavors? Is there anything that you have interest in? Ow, sorry. I think, uh, <laughs> I knocked I was my just head. His, like, that's passion for you guys. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I think like I think racism and feminism and that kind of thing is something that I've ex- personally experienced so or I've seen happen so that then I'm kind of passionate about and a bit more vocal about it. Um I think ever since I was little I think poverty and like wars and stuff has been quite close to me and I've always wanted to do something about it but I actually haven't managed to. I guess in a very superficial way all I've done is maybe shared some links on social media around the Yemen crisis and um, in the past, like the wars in Sri Lanka and stuff like that. So we are exposed. I say I think a lot, I realized, but <laughs> because I am thinking as I speak. Um, <laughs> as a side note, um, the thing is, like, we, we are exposed to things in media, in, in news, in like social media, whatever. There, there, there are going to be things that touch you differently to others. So for me, like the human side of things, well, everything's about humans, but like the the war, the poverty, like I feel like more can be done just in terms of economic inequality and stuff like that. So yeah, what about you? Speaking of speaking of wars, would you ever be interested in going to the West Bank? What's the West Bank? Sorry, if I'm okay. a bit ignorant It's here. basically uh, the whole Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So the West Bank is this uh-huh. area that the Israelis... Okay, I might be doing this wrongly, but basically it's an area that the Israelis have given to so-called the Palestinians. And it's basically a very contested region. But 
you're allowed to go okay. in and like so-called see the the life and how people are living and stuff. And I've always wanted to see how it's like, but I've never really found anyone who's interested in like traveling to such areas. But it's not like yeah, yeah. I was thinking, would you be interested in such a trip? But I feel like I just don't want to go there and just see. But I want to maybe like. No, because I was thinking, I was thinking, just this is just this is just totally off the off the yeah, cuff. Yeah, like, yeah. like I was thinking, yeah. we could do like you know just just uh an episode or two, you know, just discussing the issues that we see there and stuff like that. Because there's a lot of things that goes on that is sort of taken out of context, right? In the media, right? We've talked about mm-hmm. how it's a lot mm-hmm. of sensationalism, and I was thinking that you know maybe, you know, if we had the chance to have the opportunity to opportunity to to basically go to such areas and basically shed a more balanced perspective if that makes sense because that's always been our yeah. job yeah so yeah would yeah. you be interested in something like? i would do that definitely like yeah and i think for me like i would love to kind of see what's really happening there and talk about it and like mm. as you said like give a balanced view but also when we're there if there's any way for us to actually do something mm. like whether it's teach or I don't know, donate things or help around and stuff like that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, you know, Stephanie and I are supposed to go to Turkey. That was that was a thing. Um, and we can we can talk about the Syrian refugee crisis when we were there. Let's see. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. But to your question, I don't know. For me, uh, that's that's the thing. See, when you when people ask me like, what are things that I'm interested in? <laughs> my honest answer is everything because like, yeah. I, I feel like. It's very hard to sort of isolate problems. I think that's what we're doing, right? We isolate, like, okay, there's this pandemic, there's this uh, thing, and then there's things that President Donald Trump does. And then, like, everything is like, so people put it into discrete, discrete sort of bubbles. Problems. Bubbles, yes, thank you. But the thing is, they're sort of all related in a way because the health crisis led to economic problems because there's a lot of people out of jobs because of the lockdown and then because of that you have other healthcare issues because people cannot pay their medication for diabetes or for 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 dental checkups or whatever have you and then it's so-called this 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 chain effect and that's just link just linking back to coronavirus so if you linked environment then you have all sorts of things right you have the land degradation you have farming issues you have agricultural ways you have rising water levels you have this and that acid rain and destruction of public properties i feel like it's so hard to isolate something so if you ask me i guess i just want to <laughs> and this sounds really really cliche but i just want to like do whatever good i can and i think that's why um I've always been very emotional with my goals. Like I always tell Stephanie, I'm, I'm always very affected, very, very easily affected by my goals. And I'm very, I always thank my lucky stars that I have friends like Stephanie who don't get Aww. angry when I'm, when I verbalize that because I do have friends who really just get angry at me when I tell them that I'm emotional. But it's not that I choose to be emotional. I don't wake up and like, uh, uh, like, I, like I want to start crying. It's just because like I care so much about certain things. Like, for example, with my book, you know, I always thought like that was something that I could do, that I could champion ideas in a book and that I love writing. You know, there was all these things that went into the book. So when it struggled and, you know, there were challenges uh, in me getting it published, it was heartbreaking and I can't deny that. And similarly, when I want to talk about being a doctor or whatever, it's it's hard. And so I, I, I completely understand why there are some very angry people out there because... Yeah, it's not easy to do something you love or go after something you love and have things have things thrown in your face because yeah, it's hard. 
Yeah, and I think to your point, like like there's no way to choose one problem over the other. And I think people put them in bubbles because it's easier to consume that way. Because mm. ultimately, as you said, everything is connected to everything, essentially. Like the world is full of problems. Each of us have our own set of own problems yeah. in our daily lives. It's just, it gets way too depressing when you start thinking about the problems. And it's fine to be sad and like take a step back and be numb to all of that shit once in a while. But I think there's also kind of seeing the small ways you can actually make things slightly better in in whatever way. So yeah, I think chunking it up into discrete bubbles, as we say, probably helps us to make it feel like there's one part of the thing that can help with rather than all of these different problems interconnected with an other impacting on the whole yeah. socioeconomic whatever. So whatever your passion is, your interest is, like do something about it. And if you feel overwhelmed by it, step back and take a breath. But at the same time, also don't get angry at people. Try your best, but then also recognize that it's not on you to change everyone and to like get everyone to do the do what you want them to do. But also I think, as I say that, the other thing is also be open to ideas other people might have or reasons why other people are not doing certain things. Because a lot of the times it's kind of like, why are you not, why are you still using plastic? Why are you still blah, blah, blah? Uh, without having an open conversation about this person might need this for X, Y, and Z reason, or like, or they might be saving the environment in different ways to you. So also acknowledging there's no one solution and being open to different ways people are tackling the same problem. Well, uh, I think that was a very interesting conversation. Uh, we are getting a little bit ahead of time, as always, <laughs> with the two of us. <laughs> So, um, Stephanie, before we wrap up or before, you know, we close to this episode, do you have any other things that you would like to remind our listeners about? I think we've kind of talked through everything. Um, mm. I th- yeah, as I said, like, follow your heart, like whatever your passion is or interest is or your social cause is. And just recognize that all of the world problems is not on you as an individual person to like solve. Like, don't be overwhelmed by everything that surrounds you as a, at a personal level as a, at a community level or a global level and at the same time i think it's about finding people who are who have like-minded interests and who are as open as you to new new ideas so you can almost work together and like change the world bit by bit i think mm-hmm. and for me i think the final thing i would like to remind people is like uh what i said earlier that it's it is it is a choice for you to be kind. I think I'm not sure whether I said it earlier or whether it was a discussion Stephanie and I had before we started recording. But I was basically reading about how kindness is a choice, and I think for those who feel really burnt out or angry about everything that's happening, yep, you know, you might feel like you want to break everyone's necks out there, and that's fine because anger, anger can consume you. But take a step back and realize that. It, things can get better, you can feel better, and that being kind and compassionate is a choice because there's a lot of people who really just succumb to their anger and let it consume them from inside and they just, they never really find themselves again. And I think that's also mm. very sad. You don't want to champion a cause and lose yourself along the way. I think that's not, that's a very pricey, that's a hefty burden and a price to pay. So, um, as always, we would like to remind you that we have an Instagram page at underscore blurred thoughts and we also have a Facebook page at the same handle. You can use our Facebook page or our Instagram pages to give us comments or shout outs because as you can tell, anchor.fm 
Anchor.fm as well as Spotify doesn't really have a comment section, so we don't really know how to interact and engage with you as much as we would like to. So with that, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 12 of Blurred Thoughts. We are Azri and Stephanie, and we'll see you next Thursday. Bye! Bye!